You give life, you are love, 
the Apostle Paul when at the Areopagus in the city of Athens he was teaching, preaching, sharing the gospel with, a, with an unbelieving culture. And he said this in verse 24 of Acts chapter 17, the God who made the world, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. Would you take a moment and pray with me today? Father, we thank you uh, as we think of this chorus that we just just sung. And um, Lord, uh, at this time, we think of the, the life and the breath that you have given to us. Lord, we think of those, uh, those who, who literally are in hospital and they need your breath in their lungs, God people whose, whose lungs have filled up with fluid because of this virus and so on. And so, Lord, we're, we're thinking of them at this time, God. We think of the, the health care workers on the front line, some of them in our, in our own church. And, God, we pray for them, for your protection, for your courage in their lives, for your power to be made manifest through all that they do and all that they say. Uh, Lord, we think of, of uh, families that, uh, that are struggling with, with anxiety and, um, and, and pressures with uh, money and, and people who have lost jobs and people who are just trying to make it day to day, people who got a, we're all in close quarters, we're all together, and for some of us that's a, that's a blessing, and for others of us it just shows us things that we've needed to fix all along and things that we've needed to work on all along. And, uh, but God, we praise you for you are the creator, for you created all things, for you give us life, for you give us breath and everything else, Lord. All that we have is on loan to us. Uh, all that we have is a gift from you given to us for this time that we live in this world. So, so Lord, I pray you would help us to be thankful and help us to be grateful. Sometimes we can look and say how little we have, but God, we have so much and we're so blessed because ultimately we have your presence with us. So, Father, I pray you help us to refocus our lives and reorient our lives around you. And today you would help us to learn and, and to grow together even through the technology that we're able to use today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to our our online service today it's been well i think it's been a month now since we've been doing this all electronically and i uh, want to thank you for for joining in with us today uh we're starting something brand new today a new series called christ in the crisis i don't know if the slides on the screen but you could put it on the screen my my faithful technician over there uh, and by the way, thank you, Simon and uh, Terrence and everyone who's been participating in music, Luciana, Sean. Uh, I forget. Uh, our team has been doing such a great job pre-recording things and getting tracks ready. And I'm able to to pick those out and to play them for you. So thank you so much for participating in that. And my wife, Janet, my daughter, Sarah, helping me with all the tech here in my house, which looks like a studio. Uh, but today we're starting a new series called Christ in the crisis and so i want to give you a couple of announcements around that all right 
Um, this is a series through the book of Acts in the Bible's New Testament. So uh, this is not a series on coronavirus, all right? We're not going to be talking about the virus every single Sunday. This is about the book of Acts. And uh, what we're going to do is uh, follow kind of the same method that we did when we were talking about Easter. And it was such a hit, and people learned so much about the Easter story uh, that we're going to do kind of the same thing again. So this series is going to take us all the way to May the 31st, which is the day of Pentecost, actually, not often acknowledged in the in the broader culture. Uh, but the day of Pentecost is May the 31st, and we may be back in the movie theater by May the 31st. We may not. Who knows? But regardless, um, we're going to take this series all the way till Sunday, May the 31st, the day of Pentecost. And what we're going to do to help us learn the book of Acts, because for many people, the book of Acts is brand new. Um, we're going to do this Sunday to Sunday, but we're also going to do devotions during uh, the midweek. So or, or every day, I should say, of the week. So every day there's going to be a video devotional that I will do. It'll be posted on our Facebook page. It'll also be posted on our church website. Uh, the audio will be there as well. You can, you can subscribe to our podcast on Podbean or on Apple Podcasts, and so you can listen if you like, if that's easier for you. But we're going to go through the book of Acts basically every day of the week. Uh, I think I'll take a break on Saturday, all right? And that'll help you. It'll be like a, we're walking and journeying through this book. And just like we did with Easter, uh, we're going to conclude this series on the 31st of May uh, with uh, uh, a quiz. And this was, I mean, it's the first time we've, we've done it that way, and it was such a hit. We're going to do it again. Uh, it's an electronic quiz using a platform called Kahoot. And yes, we will, once again, we will give away an iPad to the winner, all right? So if you won already and you know who you are, you're not eligible to win again. But we'll do this again, and this is going to really help people go through this book of the Bible. It's a very, very simple book, but there's a prize at the end. And if you will follow along with those daily devotions, uh, you have a very strong chance of winning that prize. It's a lot harder than Easter because people are not that familiar with the book of Acts, I've discovered, all right? So that's what this series is going to be like. I want to take a moment to welcome any of you who are on this stream for the very, very first time. If you are on this stream, we could put that slide on the screen. If you are on this, this stream, it's the very, very first time you're watching us right now. You are a first-time guest, and I am so excited that you have decided to tune in uh, this morning. And and because because you have tuned in, uh, it's the slide that says first-time guest there. Should be there, yeah. Uh, because you have tuned in, I want you to do this for me, okay? Take your phone, and most of you have a cell phone that can text. Take your phone and text the key phrase, reach the one. All one word, reach the one, okay? If you're just a hint for you, turn off your autocorrect because your autocorrect won't like it. So reach the one to the phone number that's on your screen, 514 900 
0130. Okay, text that key phrase to that number and uh, it'll ask you for a little bit of information, name uh, and email address. If you do that, I will see that it gets into our system and I'm going to send you a really nice electronic gift from Tim Hortons and you will like it. They are still open. You can still take out there. Um, and so um, that awaits you. All right. So uh, we're going to do that all the way up till May the 31st. Uh, provided we're still doing this online, okay? Um, so you'll want to invite friends. Those of you who are part of our church already, share this feed, invite friends week to week. When they're part of this stream for the very first time, they're going to get that gift, okay? And you can also reach out to us uh, at our website, citypointchurch.ca slash contact. Get in touch with me. You've got prayer requests. You've got things going on in your life. You need help. Uh, there are plenty of people in this church who are ready, eager, and willing to do things like uh, like take groceries to your home, whatever you need. Please, please, please reach out to us, okay? The church is called to be a light, uh, in particular in this time that we are facing. So connect with us. We cannot know what's going on unless people reach out to us. Also, you can visit our website at citypointchurch.ca. Uh, there's church updates there. You'll see the link right at the top of the screen for church updates. We have videos on there now so that you can see all of our video content is posted onto our website as well as our Facebook page, okay? So, and by the way, you don't need to be a Facebook subscriber to watch our content on Facebook. Uh, for those of you who have kids, I'd say around the age starting about eight years old, this would be good for them. Uh, there is still for free until April the 30th a, a fantastic uh, uh, digital with all the special effects and everything movie of the, the classic allegory by uh, John Bunyan called The Pilgrim's Progress. Parents, you will want to sit down with your children and watch this movie. This is a, a, an allegory about the Christian life and being a disciple of Jesus. It is extremely well done, um, and I would challenge you to sit down and watch it. Sometimes parents are looking for a way to teach their, their children about Christianity. They have no, no clue how to start. You can do that by simply watching this movie together. You'll see all the pieces and parts of the Christian uh, message in this, this very wonderfully done uh, story. So that's just a little tool for you. For you. And remember today at 3 o'clock, we're going to have a little time of community on Zoom, which is what we usually do at 3 in the afternoon. Uh, you should have received the link, those of you who are on our electronic list. Again, if you're not, you can uh, text that key phrase to the phone number that was on your screen uh, previously. Next week on Sunday afternoon, we're going to have some special guests on our call Don and Marie-José Mann are going to be with us, and they're going to be talking about some exciting changes that have happened in their lives. Uh, they are one of our global worker or missionary families uh, who have been serving in the continent of Africa for the last number of years. And so we continue to pray for them. We'll hear from them next Sunday. We also pray for our missionaries in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, uh, uh, Michel and Louise uh, Charbonneau as well. Uh, on that note, uh, you can still give online, uh, even though the, the, the crisis is here and everybody is, is squeezed and everybody is tight financially. Well, so is the church. We, we continue to run. We continue to operate. And so I'm particularly burdened for our missionaries at this time and all this online stuff that we're doing. This whole platform has a cost. We're reaching people through Facebook ads and all the video content that we do and all the systems of communication and all those things, uh, this all costs money. 
So when you give, you are supporting that. You can do that on our website. All the instructions are there on that uh, page that you see. You can do it through uh, through PayPal. You can do it through e-transfer. And a number of people have uh, switched their method. And so we thank you in advance for your generosity today. All right. So the new series today, Christ in the Crisis. And this is a journey through the book of Acts in the Bible's New Testament. Why the book of Acts? Well, this is the beginning of the church. This is what the book of Acts shows us. It's like a, it's like a snapshot of the very, very early church in, in its infancy. Now, when I say church, I'm not talking about a building. Um, this, this experience that we're all having now is teaching us that church is not a building. In fact, if you, if you ask the people in the book of Acts the question, what are you going to do every Sunday with this worldwide pandemic? You know, how, how are you going to do church? They would sort of scratch their heads and say, uh, what's the problem? We don't have any buildings to open. We don't have any buildings to close. Uh, problems are a part of our lives. Like we, we're, we're this new movement. Uh, we're constantly being persecuted. We're constantly on the move. Uh, they would react very, very differently to this than we are today. And they, in a sense, were in a constant state of crisis of one or another as you, as you journey through the book of Acts. The amazing thing about the book of Acts is there's basically no theology in it. So this isn't something that you pick up and read and it's like, okay, you've got to be a theologian to try and interpret it. And I don't understand what this is. I don't understand what that is. It's a narrative. It's, a t- it's an action book. It tells a story. Um, uh, in history of what these people experienced in the early church. So it's a lot of fun to read. It's loaded with with details. Um, And we're going to go through the whole book uh, until May the 31st. Okay, so just just once again telling you this is not going to be, you know, belaboring the virus every Sunday and every time we talk. Okay, this is about the book of Acts, and I think we'll learn things in a direct and an indirect fashion about how to live our lives when we're in times of crisis of one one crisis or another. And the truth is that all of us, no matter where we come from in life, we all can relate to this this experience of crisis. Maybe it's a financial crisis. Maybe it's an emotional crisis. Maybe it's a relational crisis. Maybe it's a physical crisis. Whatever it is, we can relate to that that um, experience of being squeezed into a corner. We have to make a decision. There's something pressing down on us that's kind of, uh, it, it shouldn't be there. It's, it's uh it's an intrusion in our lives. It's an interruption in our lives. And it's sort of there for a long period of time. Sometimes it's there all of our lives. And we have to figure out how do we live in this kind of crisis experience. And so there's so much to learn from the book of Acts about this. And today we're going to look at the first chapter of Acts, just a little chunk of it. And I'll call this the crisis of comprehension, the crisis of comprehension. When you look at Acts chapter one, uh, the author, who is Luke, uh, who also wrote the gospel according to Luke, 
Uh, he opens the book right away, and he says, in my former book, Theophilus, and Theophilus means uh, a lover of God. We don't know who this man was, but it's addressed to this man. But as we read the book, we know that it's obviously addressed to more than one person. I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Uh, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days. We've been in, in this experience for not even 40 days, about 30-something days, and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, okay? And this is what he says to them. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We'll pause there for a moment. You have this right away, right off the bat, uh, we're told by Luke that Jesus has risen from the dead and that he has been dialoguing with people through many convincing proofs. He's showing himself to actually be alive. And this is one of the specific things that Jesus said to these people. He tells them, do not leave Jerusalem. Uh, this is a place, so he wants them to stay there. He wants them to wait for this this uh, this gift, whatever it is, that was promised by God, which apparently Jesus himself spoke about for a specific time. In a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, one would think that that would have intrigued them. And they would have wanted to know, well, what does that mean? What is that promise you are talking about? What is this baptism with the Holy Spirit? Uh, uh, why is it in Jerusalem? What they, they, one would think that they would ask those kinds of questions. Uh, but we see the reply in verse 6, and you can put it on the screen there. Uh, verse 6, so... When they met together, and the so is the translator's way of trying to tell us that what the language is doing there is that this is a response to what Jesus had said. So, when they met together, they asked him. And so, we should, we're, we're expecting a question about the promise. We're expecting a, qu a question about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But the question that they ask is totally different. And they say, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Okay, so this is really, really important that you see this. Jesus is talking to them about one thing, and yet they're asking him, Another thing, and it, the two do not relate. So their minds are on one thing. They want God to be doing one thing one way. And yet here we have God, and he's going to do something completely different that they're not expecting at all. So in their experience, in their minds, they watched Jesus. They watched him for about three years. Some say a little more than three years. If you go through the Gospels and you try and put together a calendar, let's say three years just just to be uh, to be simple, 
they watched him do all kinds of things. They watched him do the miraculous. They watched him even raise the dead on rare occasions. The most famous is when he raised Lazarus, his friend, from the dead. It's a very dramatic story uh, shown in the Gospel of John. It's the only place uh, you have the shortest sentence in the Bible there and the only place where it says Jesus wept when he found out about his friend who had passed away. And so we see these rare instances where Jesus is actually able to bring the dead back to life. And so in their minds, when they saw him do all of these things, I know some of you are saying, well, I can't believe the miracles of Jesus and all that. Well, read the gospel stories and try and take a scissors and cut out all the miraculous stories. You won't be left with much at the end. okay? and the the miraculous stories of Jesus are kind of intertwined with so much of the natural that basically you're in a you're in a corner where you either have to throw the whole thing out or you have to accept the whole thing. You don't really have any other kind of option there. Um, So they saw all of these things. And they experienced all of these things. And the person who did all of these things and who accomplished all of these miracles, in particular, the raising of the dead, was Jesus himself. Now, the problem is they watched him die on a Roman cross. So the light was snuffed out. And what are they going to do now? He's He's dead. He's gone. And for those of you who think that maybe Jesus didn't die on a cross, uh, there is medical proof that he did. And uh, you can see this in the Gospel of John with the Roman uh, soldier piercing his side to make sure that he is indeed dead. And you see this blood and this water come out. Even in the 20th century, medical doctors say that that's proof that that uh, this individual really did die on this cross, whether you believe in him or not. This is medical proof that he actually did die. So Jesus, they watched his life be snuffed out. So who's going to do the miracles? Who's going to be the light? Who's going to be the hope that they were looking for? He's gone. He's in a tomb. And then, as Luke tells us in the opening here, He appears to these people alive. Now, if you were these people, what you would be thinking is, man, he conquered death in other people's lives. But even when his life was taken, he still rose from the dead. Who rose Jesus from the dead? They would have been thinking he raised himself from the dead. God raised Jesus from the dead. So, again, the source of all of the miraculous that they saw was killed on a cross, and yet he still got up out of the grave. This would have been to them 100% proof positive that they were dealing with the actual Messiah predicted in the Hebrew Old Testament scriptures. He was the one to come. He was the one who's going to make 
uh, make right all wrongs. He's the one who's going to liberate Israel from oppression and from Roman tyranny. Uh, he's the one who's going to deliver the entire world from evil and bring in a new heaven and a new earth. He is the one who he claimed to be because he got up out of the, the grave. It's, it would be, to them, proof positive he is the one, and he's standing here again right in front of us. So what they want to know is, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? In other words, are you going to wind this whole thing up now? You got up out of the grave. You beat death you must be God, you must be the Messiah, so now it's time to get the Romans out, now it's time to bring in everlasting righteousness, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? This is not what Jesus had talked about in the prior uh, verse there, do not leave Jerusalem, wait for the promise. So it, it's interesting to see Jesus's reply. And this is in verse 7. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. In other words, I'm not telling. And it is not for you to know those things. The times and the dates for that whole system that's going to come, and when God is going to bring in everlasting righteousness, when God is going to overthrow evil and all that, it is not for you to know the times or the dates. In other words, he's talking about a future event, but he's saying you've got to get your mind off that. You're not comprehending what I'm telling you, but... And note that word, but, so he's trying to switch their thinking into something else. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He brings them right back to the subject of the prior verse with the promise of the Spirit. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, this, again, shows uh, a problem of comprehension. And I want you to look at those two words, power and witnesses, because they're quite significant and quite important words. This is what he wants them to focus on. He does not want them focusing on the end of the world, on the end times, what we call eschatology. He does not want them to, to be uh, wondering about all these times and all these dates for these things. Now, that's a very prudent study, and that's, a, that's important to study and important to understand. But he's saying to them, you've got your mind on the wrong uh, priority right now. You think all of this is going to happen right now because I just got up out of this grave, but that's not my plan, and you're not comprehending. I want you to receive power to be my witnesses. What does that mean? So it's important when we do uh, Bible study to sometimes go back into the language that was used at the time. It's either Hebrew in the Old Testament or Greek in the New Testament to try and discover what would these people have understood by these things that Jesus was saying in this particular case. And much has been said about this word power 
Um, and it, it comes from a word that sounds like dynamite. And so people say, well, you'll receive the power and it's like this explosive power like dynamite into your lives and so on. Well, I want you to, to look what this word really meant, okay? Uh, this is the word, you pronounce it dunamis, and it meant this, strength, uh, power, ability. Most of the time this word is translated power in the Bible's New Testament. Inherent power, power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. Power for performing miracles. It could also mean moral power and excellence of soul. Oh, I really like that definition. Moral power and excellent excellence of soul so this is the idea behind this word the same word in a used in a different way is uh, dunamai and this is often translated can so you see the word can often in the book of acts that's the close same word really dunamai and this is the def the, the, the definition of of that word again it's a very similar word to be able to have ability, to have the power to accomplish an action. Humans have various limited abilities. God is unlimited, can, power. This is what Jesus is saying. You will receive the can. You will receive the power. You will receive the ability when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive the moral power for excellence uh, of soul and you will be my witnesses. This is an important word also. It's the word martus. And we actually derive the word martyr from this word. And back in that time, it was used uh, in three ways. You could be a witness in a legal sense. So if you were in a a court of law in a trial, you would be a martus, you would be a witness. It was used in a historical sense. So if you were a spectator of anything, like of a of a contest or something, you were a martus, okay? But it was also used in an ethical sense, and this idea of um, those who, who had proven themselves uh, uh, and proven the genuineness of their faith even to the point of undergoing persecution and even death. So there was a legal, a historical, and an ethical sense to this word. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying you need to wait. You need to wait for the, the ability, the power, the can, the moral excellence of soul to come upon you, and you will be my witnesses, my martus. You will be the people who testify about me. You will, as it were, wear me on your life. You will be the ones who are the followers of me, the disciples of me. You are, you are the ones who will represent me. You are the ones who will testify about me. And you are the ones, in some cases, who are going to be persecuted to a point where you will even have the ability, the can, to give your lives up for me. 
and you're going to do this right here in the city of Jerusalem and in this province of Judea and in Samaria, which was the province that they didn't want to go to. There was a whole history of hatred between uh, Jews and Samaritans and to the ends of the earth. So all over the world, you're going to have the can, the able, the power to be my martyrs, my witnesses, my uh, people who testify, my people who say, I know him, my people who carry me to the ends of the earth. We are the fulfillment still of that promise because we are the ends of the earth people. And so this is a real lesson in that they did not comprehend what what God was trying to do at that point. And this is a comprehension problem. So there's a couple of lessons here when we don't comprehend what God is doing. What do we do? And you could put that on the screen. Maybe you have things at times in your own life where you say, what is God doing? Why is this happening to me? Why has this situation, this this moment come into my life? It doesn't seem like I did anything to bring this into my life. It doesn't seem like this is the consequences for any actions in my life. It just kind of came into my life. What is God doing in it? And I know sometimes Christians say, well, it's Satan and it's the devil and it's all this. Well, how about focusing on God and what is God doing in this moment, this disruption, this interruption, this this crisis in my life, whatever it may be, what is he doing? I don't understand. Have you ever cried out to God and said, I don't understand what you are doing? Well, that's what's going on here. And what did these people do when they had this crisis of comprehension? Um, Number one, wait right so verse 4 what did he tell them do not leave jerusalem but wait wait for the gift my father promised wait and waiting takes what starts with a p patience right it takes patience to wait and we especially in 21st century culture we do not like to wait we want it instantaneously we want it right now after all you, you know all of this technology that we're working with enables us to have things instantaneously and when there's a delay uh, when there's uh, 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 things are late what happens we get all frustrated you know right now we're ordering things uh, online and we and we get them shipped to our homes right and we get groceries shipped to our homes all the items we need shipped to our homes and when those things are late we start to get frustrated we start to get anxious i mean i have deliveries coming to my house every couple of days whatever it is some item i need to to do electronic church or whatever it may be and i i can tell you that all those things are late they're supposed to come on one day and then they're late and then you go on online check the tracking number it says oh yeah it was supposed to be delivered three days ago no updates you don't know when is it coming frustration well what do you do when you don't comprehend what god is doing you should wait you should wait and you should be patient if you look at the present reality that we're living in we've got plenty of time to wait even if you're working from home 
you still have a little bit more time on your hands to wait. And we're all in a period of waiting. We're waiting to see when are restrictions going to be lifted? When are things going to get quote unquote back to normal? When am I going to be able to go back to work? Are things ever going to be the same? And we're waiting for the next phase of this whole thing that we're going through. Waiting is a real art and a real discipline of the Christian faith. It is better to wait when you don't comprehend what God is doing than to act. God is not gonna is not gonna hold you. Uh, 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 what am I? He's he's not gonna judge you for waiting if you don't comprehend what he's doing. You should wait. You should wait, and you should be patient, and you should delay your next move until you have a little more light and a little more comprehension as to what is going on. What else should you do when you don't comprehend? You should pray. And that's what these people did. Uh, you see this in uh, in the ensuing verses there. And, and by the way, uh, before we get to those, uh, verse 9 uh, through 11 goes by very quickly, but very important. This is the ascension of Jesus he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight and while that's happening you have two men dressed in white as Luke calls them these are angelic supernatural beings and they say men of Galilee why do you stand here looking into the sky this same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back that's the promise of the second coming in the same way you have seen him go into heaven there will be a visible second coming even there was a as there was a visible ascension okay and this is why we believe in the second coming of Jesus and that it will be a visible event not some invisible type of second coming uh, in any case, um, you see that what these people did is they returned to Jerusalem, which is uh, uh, about a Sabbath day walk, we're told, from the Mount of Olives, which is where they were and where Jesus uh, ascended. And you see a group of these followers of Jesus. And what are they doing? Verse 14, they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. Note that Jesus had other brothers, right? So Jesus' mother is there. His brothers are there. There are other people there. There are other women there. There are some men that are named there. But what are they doing? They're joining together constantly in prayer. Very important lesson when you do not comprehend what God is doing. You should wait, yes, but you should also pray and uh this this united type of prayer where these people intentionally uh came together on the on the the basis of prayer they joined together constantly not to not to chat or to gossip right they joined together constantly in prayer so this is a a very uh, important tool in your toolbox when you do not understand what God is doing. When you wait 
And when you pray, God is going to meet you where you are. If you put that slide on the screen, he will meet you. And he met them in a powerful way in Acts chapter 2. And we'll get into that in the coming days. So I don't know what your your particular situation is or or where you are at today um, and what's going on in your life. Uh, I know that we can all relate to to this uh, this crisis, but maybe there's a there's something else in your life, and you, you don't you don't watch even the news about the crisis too much because there's something else that's pressing in on you, and there's something else where you have to make some type of decision. There's something else where you're wondering, God, where are you right now? I do not understand. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to take a moment to pray for you, and then we're going to put that, uh, that first song back on the screen for you to uh, focus on and sing in your homes uh, before we close today. So, Father, we thank you, and uh, we praise you that even in this, this brief, uh, it goes by so fast, this brief story in the book of Acts, God, we can see uh, some really important things for our lives and and I pray God for for those who are who are watching or those who will watch those who will listen we can all say that we relate to times in our lives where we've said God what are you doing I don't understand I pray you would speak to people through through prayer and that they would sense your voice and your gentle whisper your gentle prodding in their lives i pray you would speak to people through your word i pray you would help us god to wait and to be patient i pray you would give us wisdom lord that we would learn wisdom even in this trying time whatever it may be for people and that ultimately we would see you meet us right where we are god you are right here you're right there in the home of the person who feels alone right now and isolated you're right there in the home of of uh that 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 married couple with a couple of kids lord and they just there's chaos in their home lord you're you're right there with them you're right there with the person who who has been out of work for a month god uh you're right there with the person who's just been diagnosed uh, with COVID-19. You're right there with our with our, our our people in our church who are serving on the front lines in hospitals and in, in care and seniors' homes. God, you're right there. I pray that your presence above all things would be sensed as you meet us right where we are. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to play that, that song again and we'll put the words on the screen. It's the first song of our set uh, today enjoy and then we'll come back and close
God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand again? Then what could stand again? Our God is greater, our God is stronger. You are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? Amen. I trust the, the the words of that song are a blessing to you, and uh, and they've been a blessing in your life. Uh, the nice thing about this technology is you can watch again, you can listen again. We will have that uploaded to our our church website today, hopefully, and of course it stays on Facebook. So uh, thank you so much for joining in, and uh, those of you who received the link, I look forward to seeing you this afternoon. We can check in and see how everybody's doing through zoom and uh, don't forget tomorrow we will start the devotionals on the book of acts as we look at this whole subject christ in the crisis god bless you have a wonderful day